Welcome to Any Honey and the Newt. another episode we're excited to talk about some stuff that's been happening in the uh, recent past here with the nba uh we're going to be talking about what the national anthems relationship to sports and specifically the dallas mavericks uh this month they it came to light that they had not been playing the national anthem before their games and uh they had permission from the nba but that was while there were no fans in the in the crowds when they started having fans back into the stadium, uh, they were instructed that they needed to play the national anthem again. And it raised kind of a national debate about why do we do this? Why is it required? Should we force teams to play it? Uh, and of course, there's the protest from the recent past with Colin Kaepernick and the Black Lives Matter. Should we force uh, p- players, participants to stand and salute and, and um, respect the national anthem? So we wanted to take a, uh, an episode and discuss patriotism, the the value of patriotism, and the relationship of the national anthem to sports. I say that while wearing a, a very Japanese shirt of Godzilla. So <laughs> I really showed up today. So uh, I think probably the best place to start is just to do a quick history of how the national anthem even became tied to sports, because it's not intuitive that a sporting event, especially a uh, professional competition for entertainment purposes, would be tied to this kind of political loyalty and patri- patriotic feeling. So how did this come about? Well, I guess in 1862, during the Civil War, there was a baseball stadium that was being dedicated. And uh, as an opportunity to just kind of rile up the, the emotional feeling of the spectators, and to recognize that there was a war going on uh, on our soil, they played a bunch of patriotic songs, including the national anthem. But it wasn't the only one; they played a, a whole uh, ensemble of of songs. And then, uh, 50 years later, 1918, in the World Series, we were in World War One had just ended uh, or was about to end, and so we played the national anthem to honor the vets that were in attendance and and fighting for. Um, you know, fighting in in the World War. And uh, that was kind of done as a special occasion, special event, but it created such a buzz. Like people were writing about it in the newspapers and and people were saying what a great idea this was, that within 20 years it had basically become tradition. You you couldn't go to a sporting event without the national anthem being played before the sporting event occurred. So that's a little bit of the background of how we got to where we are now and why it's considered such a, a staple in sports. Um, I had also learned this morning that <clears throat> I thought that baseball had um, kind of pioneered it, but apparently it started in hockey um, with the, oddly enough, it started in New York with a game against, at that time, the New York Americans, interestingly enough. I thought that they were always the Rangers um, against, I th- want to say it was the Toronto Maple Leafs or whatever their predecessor was in like the thirties. And so they started playing the national anthem uh, consistently after this game, they played both national anthems before this game. And then they consistently played them in hockey ever since that. It was like, I think it was 1930. And then like you said, baseball, okay. baseball did it 
consistently after World War II began, or I should say once America entered World War II. And yeah. I couldn't find any evidence that it had started in the NFL around that time or after. Did Were you able to find anything about that or no? No, I, the two articles I looked at basically cut off after the 1938. They were like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, now it's a thing. So. Now it's a thing, so we don't care about <laughs> keeping this part of history. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's something that's been ingrained in, in U.S. culture for a long time. And uh, people that grew up with sports probably grew up with that association. You you stand for the anthem, and that's the the kind of moment when the event begins. Everything before that is pre-event. So with that in mind, uh, let's talk a little bit about what happened in Dallas. Yeah, I actually didn't know that Dallas started this season that way. I had only heard about it, um, I want to say mid-January is when I first heard about it. And by that point, they had already not been playing the national anthem a few times. Um, But I didn't know any of the history because I remember you telling me probably like two or three weeks ago that they were supposed to, that they had to start playing it again. Um, So did that happen? You said that happened when it coincided with people coming back into the arena. Yeah, so uh, Dallas had received feedback. Uh, this is per Mark Cuban. They had received feedback from their community. And I don't know who he's referring to the community, if it means Dallas specifically, if it means Dallas fan websites, or if it means the players and and staff. But somebody identified that they weren't comfortable with and didn't identify with the national anthem. And with all the protests from last year uh, for Black Lives Matter and the injustices that have addressed a lot of communities, they felt like let's let's just kind of separate the sporting from the patriotic and and not play it. So they asked the commissioner if it would be okay if they didn't play the national anthem before before the games, and the league said that that was fine. Uh, they would test it out and see see what happened. But then uh, when they were about to play Atlanta, I think, or maybe it was the game before Atlanta, and there were actually going to be fans in the stands. And they were not going to play the, the anthem again because they hadn't been playing it uh, all year or most of the year. And all of a sudden, the, the fans were like, wait, what's going on? There's no national anthem. And so there was kind of a backlash to, to that. And it was, it was instantaneous. Like, it hit the news circuits. It got to the league. And the league instantly issued a memo saying the national anthem must be played before every event where there are fans in attendance. Uh, so that was the the kind of requirement was if we're going to have people in the stands, then we're going to go with tradition. We're not going to buck tradition. And Mark Cuban immediately was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) I mean, we're not happy with the, with how this doesn't address the concerns that motivated us in the first place, but we're not going to, not going to fight this. That's really interesting. Um, I can see why Mark Cuban would go the, the route he did. I could see why he chose the route he did in the first place, right? Like, there's uh, so many different threads here that we've touched upon before. I mean, first, there's um, the, you mentioned tradition, right? Like, how crucial is the role of tradition in, I guess, the rituals that we have in our daily lives, but also within sports, right? Like, sports is an ever-changing thing itself. And um, especially in a league where there's majority black athletes who the Star Spangled Banner means something totally different to their community, to our community, 
right? So there's that like avenue. Um, and then there's also, you know, like, I guess Mark, you, you mentioned that Mark Cuban hadn't articulated which community he's referring to, but I'm a little surprised to hear that uh, fans who came in attendance, like, didn't know that this was something that the Mavs were doing. Yeah, I I wish I better knew the sequence of events on that February 9th, 10th kind of weekend because it happened so fast. And by the time I heard about it, uh, basically the Mavericks were already accepting the NBA memo, which was put out right away. Uh, Mark Cuban did an interview with Rachel Nichols, ESPN, and mm-hmm. kind of talked broad strokes, but he didn't give the play-by-play of, of how their decision changed. It, it sounded more like... You know, we were trying to be sensitive to our communities, some of whom said that this didn't represent them. We weren't trying to piss anybody off. We weren't trying to make a statement. We just wanted to be sensitive to to all of our fans and be inclusive of everyone. And when the league said that, that we needed to play it, you know, we were going to play it. But we're still talking to other owners and, and talking to the league to, to talk about this going forward. Like, is this the way it's always going to be? Yeah, I could definitely see... Um maybe a path where owners are allowed to choose when or not choose when or where, but like they choose on behalf of their team, if they're going to do this or not, which, you know, according to the history that we both were reading about, it seemed like that was sort of the case in the first place. Like some teams would do it sometimes until it became commonplace. And then um, I could see there being some sort of pressure to continuously do this, at least in the beginning, because that's how things become tradition. Um, Mm -hmm. but I also wanted to like, um, think about this through the lens, you know, we've been talking about love and relationships for this whole season and, um, thinking about how relationships extend beyond you and other very specific interpersonal relationships. Um, I think that would help in this conversation because for some reason, like patriotism and or nationalism, which... I'm still not sure what the difference is, even though there is one, um, has become so tethered to sports. And yet we do not do these same things like before an opera performance or some, you know, Broadway show or uh, before the movies. In fact, that's probably the most common like mass gathering that we have is like you go to the movie theater and we don't just play the Star Spangled Banner before we watch the movie. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff, uh, a lot of avenues to talk about that you just raised i want to go to the definitions real quick about nationalism and patriotism because we've we've kind of pondered this before is it just a spectrum (laughs) does one lead into the other and so as best as i can tell the difference is uh patriotism is support for love for one's country uh wanting the best for one's country whereas nationalism is defined as identifying with one's country and its interests and perhaps supporting its interests to the exclusion of other countries' interests. So one can be patriotic and not necessarily think of, uh, not necessarily be an exceptionalist, meaning that your country is the best country of all countries. Whereas one, a nationalist would be an exceptionalist kind of by definition. But then it does seems like patriotism is, um, is a precursor to, to nationalism. It's like if you took that value to heart, 
you would be a nationalist. Uh, if you're if you're a lukewarm patriot, then you're just patriotic. And maybe that's an unfair characterization, but it does seem like the only thing that differentiates them is is to what degree that you're willing to take that love for country. That's interesting because um, in that definition, I hear that um, scrutiny and skepticism would be allowed in the patriotism umbrella, right? But that might not necessarily be a viewpoint that I don't know if it's like not allowed, but probably not possible under nationalism, right? If you, I mean, maybe it could be like you could believe that you are the best country, but you got these problems with your country. I don't know. I was going to say, I think nationalists uh, very much could <clears throat> offer criticism, but it would be criticism that their country isn't fulfilling its ideals or or isn't um, attaining its best interests. So maybe it's practical, like we're not doing it the best way we can, or maybe there's a purity concern. That's kind of the the ugly side of nationalism is is we have things that mar our country and we need to get rid of those things, those people. Um, so so yeah, I think you can be a critic or a skeptic as a nationalist but not of the national ideals. Uh, what you're a critic of is that we're able to attain those. Whereas a patriot, you might say, uh, well, I want, I want, you know, I support my country, but maybe my country doesn't always do the right thing. And uh, maybe it doesn't always exemplify the right values. So it's the nature of the questions, which, which you would find the lens of either or. Which is interesting because um, when we talk right. about national issues, I think one of the most common arguments, at least that I hear and read, is like if you have a contrasting view, especially like um, a more um, not extreme, but again, like maybe a more self view, um, I'm thinking like Black Lives Matter kind of viewpoint. Um, as the lens, right? You, the argument is that those people, you cannot be patriotic. Like it's like a, it's like a, almost a, a form of othering. And I guess it's not almost, it is a form of othering, right? Like you, I myself am patriotic, but because you are criticizing this country and I don't find ground on any of those morals, like you are unpatriotic or I don't think anybody uses unnatural nationalistic, but uh, I could see that right. being taken to. Yeah, it's interesting. When Kaepernick was uh, doing his taking a knee during the anthem, it seemed like a very poignant protest, in part because it accepted the tradition of playing the national anthem in a in a public setting. Like it, it was a, it was able to communicate the message it was because it accepted the the background and context and said this thing that we do cherish is not being upheld. And so I'm making a statement about the fact that we're not li living up to our values of justice, equality for all. And uh, in that sense, you could almost say that there's a patriotic bent to what Kaepernick was, was doing. Uh, maybe it wasn't uh, patriotism for country, but it was a desire that this country would do better and that our society would do better. So it was a kind of a commitment to society. But immediately the backlash was, well, he must hate our our armed forces. And I, I was always like, what? Where's the connection between him taking a knee and, and some kind of antipathy towards armed services? And I think understanding the history of why the national anthem is played in sports has kind of shown to me that that's always been intertwined to this, this commitment to our our national borders and armed services and uh, political leaders is tied to having it played in public settings. Yeah. It's almost like, um, 
accepting or being patriotic is at least right now, the way people are using it, I wouldn't say it's actually defined this way is that you're supposed to like accept all the flaws and all the good. And you're just supposed to, you know, be blindly patriotic, which, you know, in all of our conversations about love and relationship, nobody's like blindly loving their partner. They accept the flaws, but they all push each other and we all push each other to be better than we were previously. Right. So it's kind of a shame that a lot of people have this viewpoint that we shouldn't also have these same, we have these standards with each other, but we shouldn't also have these standards with the system. What do you think about, uh, using the national anthem period of you know that that space at a sporting event a public event to hold a protest like do you think that that is uh an appropriate time to make a statement or uh, do you have any concerns about how those protests are carried out that kind of a thing Uh, that's interesting um in the context of a conversation right if i said something that you disagreed with you take the time then and there to address it. You say, I am not okay with that use of language. And then I take the time there to hear you and, and respond to it. And like, there's no real opportunity to have a national conversation about this sort of stuff, right? Like, you know, U.S. senators and representatives aren't having town halls every five minutes where you can go and voice these concerns. And even if they were, they're not as openly accessible as people think they are, right? So people, of course... I, I would say that like Kaepernick's, Kaepernick's taking a knee is like an example of how the system doesn't provide opportunities for this stuff. And so these shows end up in other places and maybe it's not placed perfectly, but I really like in his point of view, I don't see where else he could do it. Right. And personally speaking, I wouldn't know anything about his perspective if he never took that stand in the first place, right? He could in a post-game interview, which is probably not the right place to do it, just spend some time saying like, hey, I don't agree with what's happening in the country right now. Even though like the reporter just asked him like, how did your team perform today? It's interesting that you bring that up because that has been happening a lot, right? There's been right uh, athletes using their interview time to make political statements and to express their, their concerns. And a lot of questions about should celebrities have that kind of platform and how should they use it? We we've discussed this in a prior episode, and uh, you know I think I think we're both fans of or in, in support of athletes being able to speak their mind. But kind of setting aside that issue of whether it's appropriate to talk politics with sports, if the national anthem is already part of the tradition of sports, it seems like politics is already being injected into the event and uh does that mean that in order to participate you just have to to accept it or even maybe be a bearer of that value even if you don't agree with it i mean that's that seems like something too like to be a professional athlete all of a sudden i also have to be an advocate for the united states yeah i think that's a really unfair position that people are put in in the first place like um i mean there's many international players i perfect example right hockey is something like, well, it's certainly less than 50% American. Like we have a lot of Canadians, there's a lot of Russians, Polish players, you know, uh, Eastern European, Northern European. There's a lot of those players. Americans are definitely the majority. But because it's an American league, the national anthem is played before every game. And when the Canadian teams are playing, they play the Canadian national anthem, right? So I don't think, I think that some, you know, a lot of the, 
a lot of international players express that they're um, they're happy to be in America, but they don't necessarily have to buy into that whole American patriotism thing. I think it would be very unfair to hold them to that standard when they they go back home in the off season, like that's their home. Yeah. I'm getting ready to uh, share a very unpopular opinion <laughs> and uh, maybe. Before you go into that, can I um, yeah. just share something that I learned this morning? Yeah, perfect. Um, so I was kind of stunned to learn this. And we talk about, you know, co-opting the space or um, co-opting the message, right? But I learned this morning that the Star Spangled Banner itself, the tune was a very popular British song that essentially was co-opted to share, send an American message. And so like, to me, like the history of the song itself is very much about co-opting a message and promoting a different set of values. So I don't see why it's like outside um, the purview of the players to do the same thing when that's like part of the history, which we coincidentally enough all seem to ignore. Yeah, great. So that I think that's really important to kind of emphasize that you can use that space to protest without being unpatriotic. Uh, you might not be patriotic, but I think in a lot of these protest cases, it's because it's a patriotic moment and they want to have a national conversation. They're almost taking the patriotism seriously by protesting in that moment. Um, so I, that's one, one avenue and one possibility. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about that before we go on to maybe a, an alternative possibility? <laughs> um, I like, the only thing I'll say is that I appreciate what you said about, uh, you know, distinguishing unpatriotic and not being patriotic in that moment, right? Like one is the disregard for the country and the other is just like maybe something that's unrelated to it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so I have long had a discomfort with patriotism in general. Like I, I've never understood why it's a value <laughs> that we have. I mean, I can see why national interests would want their citizens to be patriotic and why they would try to convince them to support the national interests and, and that being a good citizen means being devoted to the national leader or the national values, those kinds of things. But, you know, first from my religious background and thinking that, um, you know, the phrase that you can't serve two masters. So I, you know, had religious reasons for not wanting to be patriotic. But then as I stepped away from that and just thought about the values in general, like, if I believe in justice and equality and, and these things that the United States is supposed to represent, why do I think that those values should only extend to the borders of, of this country? Like, why should political borders matter for me supporting those values? If I support those values, shouldn't I support them for everyone? And if I don't support those values, then why does the fact that I live in this country require that I take that on as a personal ethic? So patriotism to me seems like an like an emotional layer rather than an ethical layer. It seemed like a, a way to get people to buy into other values, but I think you can buy into or reject those values independently of patriotism. So I've just never understood patriotism in general, but of course at sporting events, uh, not wanting to be embarrassed or to offend others. I participated in the tradition, standing at the national anthem and all that stuff for many years until probably, I think it was about, 13, 14 years ago, I started getting really uncomfortable, like feeling like a hypocrite, basically, pretending to be patriotic when I didn't think it was a thing that we ought to be. And so uh, I tried to start just not participating. I, I didn't try to do anything protesting. I would just 
stay seated, stay quiet, let let people do their thing, but kind of acknowledge that those weren't my values and not traditions that I wanted to embrace. And of course, that is very upsetting to people that do think that patriotism is an ethical requirement. Thanks for sharing that. Um, <clears throat> have you ever been criticized for your behavior? <laughs> yes. And sometimes it's enough. It's embarrassing or threatening enough that I will participate again and just be frustrated. But um, I found in a lot of cases, it has opened up some good conversations. But I think you might be referring to an instance where we were actually together <laughs> at a UNM basketball game. And it was right after the Kaepernick you know, protests had started. I think they'd been going on for like a month. And we went to a basketball game. National Anthem was played. I, I at that point, was not standing ever for the National Anthem. And somebody came down afterwards and they were like, you know, I guess that was really pr brave of you or whatever. Uh, I guess I'm glad that we live in a country where you're free to, to express your opinion or whatever. But, and, um, you know, I just said thank you and, <laughs> and, and let him go his way. But I do feel like I get that kind of, uh, I, I, it seems to stress other people out that I'm not patriotic. It's, I mean, I, like on a fundamental level, I feel like they're uncomfortable that somebody else could possibly break the ritual. It's like, because um, I'll, I'll share this from my perspective. The first time I had ever witnessed you do that, I didn't realize then, like I should say, I did. that was the first time I ever realized like, holy cow, I'm just like programmed to do this. I never thought that I couldn't do it. Because personally speaking, like, uh, like uh, sort of described along the way that you described it was like, I had been feeling uncomfortable with the behavior. Like, I'm not a very, um, I wouldn't say I'm not patriotic. I guess I am. I don't really uh, appreciate nationalism. I actually think it's like one of our most dangerous traits as, a, as humanity. Um, uh, nationalism and religion, those are our two most dangerous uh, belief systems. Um, Making lots of friends today. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I no, have thank no you problem for with people believing in, you know, a deity or anything, but it's just like the organized religion. Anyways, I'm not going to get into it. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't until that point that like, I was like, holy cow, I'm like, even though I don't agree with the principles of doing this, like the way we do it and why we do it, uh, I still participated and I was just kind of like on autopilot, right? And you kind of like, um, what's, I'm trying to think of like, it's like being awakened. You're just like snapped out of it and you mm. realize like everybody else is kind of a robot, which spoiler alert, I'm very interested in artificial intelligences. <laughs> what is intelligence? So, <clears throat> and then um, in that moment, I remember actually when that guy said that and all I could think of like, what is wrong with this jerk? Like, um, the, all the things that he is arguing for, he is essentially behaving in the opposite. Like mm. he is, he is proud to be in a country of freedoms, right? But yet he is not giving you the freedom to do what you need to do. He is actually doing the opposite by pressuring you into his behavior because he does not understand any other perspective. And like, I just mm. don't understand that perspective of like, be believing in freedom, but yet enforcing sort of a tyranny. Yeah. And I, I just really want to take a moment to, 
to say that what I am doing and feeling is not the same as what Kaepernick and, and some of the athletes are doing when they make the protests. That's why I wanted to draw that distinction. We do need to have a co- national conversation about race, about uh, injustice, especially in, in uh, communities of color and, and other minority uh, groups. But what I was doing was emphasizing like the value of patriotism itself doesn't seem like good value and i'm not i don't think that's what these athletes feel i think they are probably in general patriotic and would express patriotism but they're using that stage as an opportunity to have the conversation about a specific issue i think it's issue based where mine is value based and so i just kind of want to draw that that line so that we don't smear anybody else with kind of my my values and perspective i guess i want to call to attention you you mentioned value based and i can't help but think of the role that language plays in that. And we'll maybe talk about that in a future episode. Oh, you know, I love to talk about language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you have any other um, thoughts about patriotism or nationalism uh, or the national anthem specifically at sporting events? You know, I, I mentioned this earlier that we don't play the national anthem before any other public gathering. Um, you know, schools will do it sometimes. And then schools also do the, the Pledge of Allegiance at the beginning of every day, every public school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I guess I understand why. I don't know if I agree with it, but um, to me, that's a little propagandish. Um, but at the same time, like, I understand why they do it. But the re- I don't understand, and we haven't talked about this, like how and why sports became the venue that became tethered to um political conversations like why is that the thing that like that national anthem like is now persistent in? like i understand the history right because um players were drafted into the war and so doing it allowed fans to express their appreciation for those players who were drafted into into war um and i think it's pretty common in football, well, I shouldn't say super common, but it, it happens enough where athletes, you know, leave the the ranks to become military or vice versa. Um, it happens, I can't think of any time that it happens in MLB, and I know of a few times it's happened, sorry, not MLB, um, NHL, and I can only think of a couple of times that it's happened in the NBA, David Robinson being one of them, the most famous example, I think. Um. But it seems a little weird that we force this narrative, but we do not, as a country, uh, push for it in other venues that might seem equally fitting. So I, I think it's interesting looking at the history of how this came about, the relationship of the National Anthem to sporting events, the fact that they were trying to tap into a general social feeling of patriotism that already existed. Like we're in it's the Civil War, World War One. And people are are concerned about our armed services and and feeling proud of our country. And sports wanted to tap into that feeling to generate buzz and and get uh, spectators basically to buy into the sporting events. Later, when we have you know visual arts, theater, m- movies, TV, where we're communicating already at a broad level uh, with society, you can also in those art forms embed different you know, national messages of patriotism or have characters that represent the armed services, or you can, you can portray that patriotic feeling without having to have a separate special kind of moment uh, where we honor the country. 
So I, I, it makes sense to me maybe why it's more prevalent in sports versus other kind of entertainment venues. Yeah, I definitely uh, agree with that now that I think about it. Um, you know, art is an expression, right? So typically the artist takes time to express the narrative or the sentiment um, in the way that they see, you know, the way that fits, right? Like uh, the most recent patriotic movie that I can think of is a uh, Ford versus Ferrari, right? Which wasn't very mm. like, it wasn't openly advertised as patriotic, but you definitely got the sense watching that like F yeah, we're going to kick those Frenchies asses because we have a better car than them. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, um, and I think one thing and you kind of mentioned this, but I just wanted to make it a little bit more explicit is, uh, sports is like one of the only live performances that we have as a, as a culture, as a humanity, you know? And so um, we talk a lot about how narrative plays into our lives, which is essentially why this podcast became, you know, came into existence, uh, embracing that narrative culture, but also because it's happening in our lives and these players, they're not, we talk about them playing characters, but they're not playing characters. They are themselves on the court. And so of course the things that they are feeling, the things that they express happen in real time and basketball is their only outlet essentially. Mm. There's an interesting parallel too, between fandom and patriotism, which is a big reason we talked uh, the very first episode of the season about why we're fans. And I mentioned that I'm not really a fan of a team, but I didn't go into some of the reasons. And this whole patriotism Ooh. question is one of those reasons, right? Because when people say, who is your team? The question really means, are you with me or against me? And uh, I'm a fan of the sport. I want to see the sport and, and the athletes and, and the amazing talent. And I don't really care. I'm not tied to any particular team. And I'm not trying to um, you know, point any fingers or say that anybody that's a fan of a team is doing anything wrong. I don't think it's the same kind of spirit as, as patriotism and thinking that our nation ought to ex succeed beyond others. But there is a competition level there. There's kind of a an analogy to being at war with other teams and their fan bases. And I'm just uncomfortable with that kind of conflict in general. It's tribalism at its finest. I definitely felt right? the finger being <laughs> like wedged right through my eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot more that we could probably talk about, but I think this is a, a good kind of introduction to the question of patriotism as a value and exploring what's happening in, in the current state of affairs in basketball. And then also uh, just a good way to piss off a whole bunch of our viewers. So <laughs> please uh, comment, share your thoughts and questions. And thank you for watching.